it is beginning. Dr. Lawrence, it is so nice to meet you. Um, thank you I'm so, so for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm so looking forward to speaking with you today. So, Where yeah. am I? Where do you live? Where Where are you speaking from? Um, I currently live in Dutchess County in Poughkeepsie, New York, on the East Coast. So I'm speaking from that area at this present time, New York City. Well, you've got so many nice direct, uh, decorations around you. I feel like you must be in a place where there's snow. Um, actually, a little snow. No, not much. We have we have flurries this week, but not much. I just have a little toddler that runs around. So it's like she wants to see Santa and... Um, fake snowman and things like that so you have to put the christmas spirit in the house so when you have the little ones running around so i heard about your work when i got an email about your book outgrow your life and i would love to hear how you came to write the book right um the name of the book is outgrow your comfort and oh, um that's fine that's fine so it is outgrowing your life, to be honest with you, because the comfort of your life. And um, actually, the book is catered to just getting outside of your own way and um, becoming more of an outgroup. Most of us are in in-groups because of how we were raised, what we grew up at, our environment. And sometimes we don't fit right in. And my book is just a live version of realizing, like, wait a second. How am I going to come out of this comfort zone that I'm in? I'm in a group of people with people where I feel like I really want to be here. And everybody speaks of it as if it cannot be reality. So for myself, it became reality in a lot of ways. Um, and it was a struggle at times because it's your comfort we're speaking about. We're comfortable with being comfortable. However, I found with myself that it was the discomfort part, which was more fascinating to be part of. And with that being said, the discomfort, I said, let me find out the steps based on my life and what I went through. Um, I grew up and I was raised in a low income community, middle class, but lived in a low income community. And I was raised mother and father in itself. But it was just kind of like, seeing things that was not considered my um, norm as far as like seeing people of different backgrounds, whether it was I became a doctor during that stage when I was like five, six, seven years old, people of my background, African-American, I didn't see too many doctors. So to me, that was uncomfortable, but I was just comfortable with being. So it was like kind of like having that age that dream in itself when I was smaller and then as I got older it was just like Tanika you cannot be around people who are who may not want what you want because you will remain at their level and this is so real with the conditioning of how much we are like our parents and what we are around so first it started with working at my um, federal job I was there for about over 19 years and and taking the initiative to complete my doctorate once I attained my federal position. And for most people, they have a career because during that age, you, your mission is to just get a great job and pay your bills and you're good, right? But 
for me, I just always still felt like, no, it's, it was a little bit more I needed and I didn't feel like I wanted to settle. And just because the people around me were okay with nine to five, it was a challenge. So I ultimately had to figure out how to do this. So I went ahead and achieved my PhD and the way I did it, because it's in psychology. So that means you have to go to some trials and you have to do assessments and things like that. And I had to go away from time to time and by the mercy of God, I would say I was able to do it and have a career. So I, I didn't have too much of a life. What, it was, where do you think it came from inside of you to take on that big what was expected? Like where, what was pushing you into that discomfort? The, what was pushing me into discomfort it was like the reality and of feeling like being in a group where you're supposed to be called what we call your in group, but I didn't feel like I was really mm. a part of that group because I just wanted a little bit more based on things that I see. Like maybe I saw something on the media and I'm like, wow, at one time it was just to be a doctor. It wasn't, I didn't know what kind of doctor. I just was like, wow, I want to be a doctor. But most of the people growing up, and this may be a common story for some, but for me, most of the people that were doctors were of a different background. It wasn't me. And at that time, once again, I didn't know what kind of doctor I wanted to be. I just thought it was something that didn't appear common. And when I spoke about it within my in-group, it wasn't their reality. And that drove me to kind of like, no, this is something I want to do. And after college and things like that, it was just still ultimately having a drive. And I would always say to my mom and my dad that I, I was always the one that wanted to do something different. Like, I'm just going to try it anyway, because you should just try it. So you definitely should have some kind of, life, but you need the people around you. And that's where all the book unfolds. You need that support system around you as far as knowing who's who. Like, especially mm-hmm. part of my book, I speak about um, your support system and I, I coin them like three different terms. You have like your fan of progress, the fan of the plan, fan of performance. And basically what that allows individuals to do because you're outgrowing your comfort is that you're now identifying who's around you and who you need be around you in order to get where you need to go, whether it is career focused, whether it is even in your relationship. And so my whole um, purpose of the book and my journey itself was just kind of like become a reality of sorts and not viewing things from the the vision of like, oh, that can't be us. And and when you're growing up in a um, low income neighborhood, it's a lot of that can't be us type of um, mentality that is there. And I did come from parents that's like, you can do it, try it, whatever. And I would do that. And if you need even more, is when I get the results of it. And I'm like, wow, well, let me push it again and try this again. So that was like the start of it, of attaining my degree and uh, buying a home as early as 23 years old for me. And, and, and I that's just amazing. That is amazing. Thank you. And, and I just want to be clear because sometimes some people say, well, it's, it's struggle. It is definitely struggle because it was like working, hard working itself, seven days a week, trying to do a postdoctoral and still work a career, and all while trying to figure out the end result is to have my private practice. And I finally did achieve that um, a year and a half ago. 
and then finally disconnected from my federal job just recently. And so the book is like a trail of my journey. Um, my mom, if I was speaking to you just a second ago about the different fans. My mom, to me, was like a fan of the plan. Um, fan of the plans are individuals. They can't really help you, but they just listen to you and just say, oh, great job. Uh, where are you with that? And, you know, but then you have a lot of fan of progress. And those individuals, it's, it's like they're rooting you on once you have it. But if you don't have anything, it's not much they can do for you. However, we have most of them around us on a day-to-day basis. That That is what is around us, is a lot of our progress individuals. And it's just knowing where they are when you're um, creating your map of how to like outgrow your comfort. And I wanted to, um, again, and, and to stop me if I'm talking too much, but I wanted to also make mention, it wasn't just about um, outgrowing comfort for careers, also like within relationships and things. And I was finding out it works the same way it's just um, basically, and the reason why it's called outgrow your comfort, because no one just does something like automatically. You have to have a modification of your behavior and it, it has steps in process. So with outgrowing your comfort, let's just say with a relationship, you would like try to trail it and maybe take little steps and see what works for you instead of saying like a couple who may want to go on a vacation and they never went on a vacation ever for whatever reason. So they wouldn't just go on a vacation. They'll start small and maybe do something where they may go away for a weekend within their community area. So the outgrow your comfort model is the same steps, but it's just allowing you to face your discomforts and still be comfortable, but eventually let go, be uncomfortable and achieve the end. Yeah. And one of the things to know about the book, um, everyone who's listening is that uh, there are a lot of really good hands-on exercises. Like the, the book has just um, action items, like write down these elements of your action items, just lots of hand-holding in a really nice way. Um, and I think it's, I think it's very cool that you figured this out through your own process of trial and error. I wonder how do you feel now that you've accomplished? I mean, it sounds like you've, you've had this vision for your life and you've sort of made it there. Now, how do you keep growing after that stage? Well, actually keep growing after that stage is experiencing what is above that stage. And sometimes, you know, and I, I think about this in a way of how I thought about my degree before I attained it. It was like, I just knew I the degree. And then you have it and it's like, okay, what do I do with this now? And so I just start to learn you have to, have to, have to, and this is very key in the book. You have to um, get out more. You have to explore more. You have to always be open to new ideas, opportunities, and experiences for you to develop new interests. So right now, yes, having a practice is is great, but there is levels of what I want now, what I want next as far as my practice is concerned. Um, Even outgrow my comfort, I think of, um, I'm I'm not married yet, but my my child's father, he is actually of um, Ugandan background. And for me, I'm of African-American background. You would think that we would mesh well. No, no. I know. I have read a lot. I have read a <laughs> lot of different like things about African cultures, many African cultures coming to America. And it's just like a complete 
completely different world. Yes, it's a complete, it, it is, it is. So the outdoor in my comfort part is actually in play with that too. And just really learning the different dynamics and trying to create a bond that's going to work for both of us, but willing to take the steps of like, where are we going? The whole purpose of like the book in itself or in general, what you're saying with, uh, with wanting to do more is one needs to walk with direction. It needs to be some kind of purpose. Sometimes our relationships are failed because of the misunderstanding of not really knowing what the direction, what, what was our expectations of it. And just like ourselves, sometimes we want to lose weight or gain weight, but we really don't know why we want to do it. And that's a part of what you're exploring when you're trying to outgrow your comfort. It's understanding, is this really something you want to do now? Is it the right time? Why you want to do it? What's the importance? What is it going to do for you? So it's not only just recognizing the end, but understanding it. And I feel like um, as I grow with the new experiences and if something interests me, I need to kind of, once I come up with an understanding of why I want to do it, it gives the interest to want to go ahead. Do you think, Dr. Lawrence, do you think of yourself as an overthinker? Okay, so overthinker, I would say if I compare myself to my mate, I would say no. I thought I was before, but he is truly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I do not see myself as a overthinker. Um, for the sake of something that's about to happen, I think that's when I become the more most anxious with overthinking the entire situation. And sometimes a little distorted of like always preparing for the worst of it mm. versus recognizing that this could be completely positive. I'm always the one that's like, well, what about this? And it's always what about this in a way that's not beneficial sometimes. So um, that's my relation when I'm thinking about over. One of the things, the reasons that I thought you might be is that when I find that overthinkers of all backgrounds, like different countries, everything often feel separate from the people around them. They often feel mm -hmm. like I'm different. I don't like exactly fit in with everyone. And that is what I feel really strongly. I heard in your story too. Mm -hmm. That's, that's interesting. Like I wouldn't say I'm a high level overthinker in itself, but I do feel like in the midst of being in different groups or people is, it's kind of like I I don't I wouldn't say I don't belong, but some stuff I'm definitely like in contrast of thought. And I find myself where I adjust to the situation and reserve my thought for later on and or ever or not say much of it and just kind of focus on self. So that may be kind of correct. But you're also super practical, right? I mean, oh, just like when I hear you are like as practical as they come. You're just like, <laughs> what is what needs to happen? This is happening. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, yes, yes. He am sort of 100%. <laughs> what is a topic that you would like to talk about that you haven't had a chance to talk about in other places or in other ways? Like what's something that's just been on your mind lately? Honestly, what's, what's on my mind lately is, um, well, there's so much happening in the world today. And it's like, um, who do we receive it from? What are we receiving? How truthful is it? Um, and it's just the conditioning of the mind is so strong. The conditioning of like just your family's input and you and your mindset and how you view things. And it, it's just so deep. Like right now with everything's happening out here and 
and people are, you know, very scared and they should be for, you know, dealing with COVID and things like that is also like reality of how do we really manage conflict? How are we keeping ourselves like at ease and balance in mind? And it has a lot to do with who we really are surrounding ourselves, mm. you know? What are we taking in every day outside of the media? The, our friends are we speaking to? Our anxiety is going higher or lower? It depends what you're taking in. And right now with everybody at home, it's so much content out there. It's so much that you can take in and you're misdirected to take in whatever, you're kind of putting on the wrong path. And mm-hmm. so it concerns me um, a whole great deal because it's kind of like when you speak it to someone, you have to speak from the standpoint of what is happening in their background from where is it that they come from. It's not, it's just not a frontal conversation anymore. You can't speak on the surface because right, right. what everything Things that has happened this year allows people to know that you can't speak on the surface today. And if you're speaking on the surface, yes, you can. But today, the way that the world is turning, it's like you want to know more. You want to dig a little bit further and, and analyze your thoughts. So I just like people to question a little bit more instead of receive a little bit more. And I feel like sometimes people just receive more than as far as like you know the media gear it towards your attention yeah like engage with it don't just like take in whatever you're giving so when you wrote your yeah when you wrote your book who did you have like a really clear person in mind that you were writing for honestly I did not have a clear well I was wondering if it was like younger you like things Mm -hmm. you wish you had known I would say um you know what Thinking about younger me and thinking, yes, I, I would say, I would say more so it would be myself. And the only reason why is because, like I mentioned to you earlier about just kind of feeling slightly different and not voice so much of opinion of how I really felt or because I was always within groups where I wasn't somewhat the common of amongst all, whether my friends or my coworkers, it was, I was always somewhat different. Doesn't necessarily mean better. It just felt like it was like different, a different way of viewing things. And so with that being said, I I would relate it to the book as far as like the uncomfortable state that I was in, in certain situations. And which was kind of like a push to keep going to do yeah. what I need to do. And eventually you get to the point where when you achieve any of these ends or your goals that you may call, um, you learn a lot along the way. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn about what's truly important to you. Um, you learn a lot just about that whole support thing that I keep speaking about. You learn about support systems, whether it's from an emotional stance or, or just a stance just as family members and things like that. So the book does pick up a lot on that. Yeah. So it is in relation to myself. And and now you're building your own, is it coaching or therapy? Like what is your, what do you, what's your business that you're building now? Oh, counseling. Um, Counseling. counseling. Yes. Counseling business, individuals, groups, um, couples therapy. I have more couples now than anything than I would have never expected. I'll be honest with you. Um, 
but is I I love it. I love everything I do with it. And also with the outdoor comfort, I, it's actually something with coaching. I can coach that service of how to actually stick to your end. So basically I do that. And I'm also a professor part-time at a couple hmm. of yes. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, good for you. I just, your story is extremely inspirational in terms of just continuing to push yourself so much. And it feels like it all came from within you. I mean, that you had support, you had those fans, but a lot right. of it was very self-motivated. Yes, yes, it. I, I would say so. It has been self-motivated um, in a way, but I do give a lot of credit to my mother in the form of knowing that when you came to her with any idea in itself, it was just more so like, Okay, all right, let me know how it goes. So what's your plan to go about doing it? It was never a hesitation in as far as like being able to speak about it and understand my process of trying to get it done. And then sometimes she would give the hesitation of, you're really going to try to do that, 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 and that? I'm like, well, I don't have any children right now. So at that time before, so it's like, um, I, I guess I'll try and, and it's just kind of coming to understanding what's important for you, what makes one fulfill, what makes one happy. And at that time, during that stage of my life, it, you know, school was priority for me at one time. I never even, to be honest with you, I'll be honest today, I never went out the country I um, because of all the schooling and things like that. In my yeah, mission. I mean, you were so driven. You were so was, driven. It was just like to focus. You on were like that. boom, 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 getting it done. <laughs> yes, but then it's like, but then I, it's like sometimes I always say, but everybody's not built like that. Everybody doesn't have that drive, and I can't say that you need to have all the drive that you probably think I had because. In me, yes, all I did was just have a vision, but it was also just seeing stuff and um, taking stuff in to know like, okay, it's possible. Let me try this. Let me try this. And then as I did stuff that really appeared to be impossible, and I noticed that there was ways around it, it it was just motivation for me somewhat to say. Yeah, my husband is always trying to remind me that I can't expect other people to have my same... Um, approach to things that like people are a combination of their chemistry, their like luck and how they grow up and their personality. And like that combination makes everyone super different. And so it's, it's a rare combination to see as much drive as you have. Your, your mom must be so proud of you. Yes, she is very proud. My mom (laughs) and my father, they are very proud. Like sometimes I look and I, and I'm, you brought up the fact of the chemistry of the human being and things like that. And it goes back to that um, conditioning because, you know, sometimes they say, well, how do you make it out of maybe a lower income neighborhood yeah. or such and things like that. And it's just kind of like <sighs> parenting is very big, is is very crucial. Yes. Whether it's a single parent, two parents is crucial as far as understanding what am I putting in my child's mind? What am I allowing them to see? what um just allowing them to see of uh, like experience in models itself. just models yeah. yeah models in itself and it's just kind of like yes I probably was part of a PAL when I was little but I didn't have too much social activity I mean in the neighborhood it was a little bit different but 
that social activity in itself definitely motivates individuals. Um, but I also strongly believe, even like during my dissertation on African American um, men, that role models is is just extremely important. Huge, like huge, yes. like huge. Yes. huge. What even was your dissertation on exactly? My dissertation spoke about father's presence as it correlates to achieving tendencies of black of African American men. What a great what a great topic. Yeah, I just basically wanted to like review like the African American family in itself. It was always known for this African American family to be considered broken because the father is not in the home. So I wanted to give vision to father's presence, which is not necessarily being in the home. But mm. actually just having the presence, which could be from a security standpoint, emotional, financial, those are ways that you are still present in your child's life. And I wanted to show that some of those factors that makes up that father's presence in itself is important. And it does equate to these men becoming achieving individuals. And most of the studies was just always showing like, oh, single parent home, oh, that results in this and the child's in Simplistic, very simplistic. Yes, very. Yeah. So I just wanted to give light to the new family structure that is more modern today, which is a single parent home, but also give um, information to let everyone know that you do not have to necessarily physically be in your home to be a parent. And you can still be a great parent outside of your home. And there are results that shows it for African-Americans. So it was super interesting. Thank you. Did you do studies and stuff? Like, how did you get that research? Yes, Yes, I actually had to, you know, it was like a three, four month study and go out there and research 25 ages, 25 to 45 year old men. And Mm -hmm. and assessment scale I had to give them where um, it rated their achievement tendencies, their tendencies to achieve. And it also had to do a scale about their parenting, um, their, their father in their life, if he was. And sometimes it was very interesting to know some of them were raised by a stepfather, but the little bit of time they had with their biological father had a greater impact on them as adults as far as their success goes. Because it just it's just kind of like, it just showed me that you can, as far as African-Americans, that's what the study was about, African-American men, that you can put any role model there, but a child really remembers their parent and they will mm. hold those memories dear to them and help guide them through their life. And that's what I picked up. So it was a positive correlation with it. And so it was exciting to find out that. That's super interesting. Um that, I think that's great. Thank you yeah, thank so much you. for sharing. I mean, I love hearing about this. I, I hope you get to keep doing studies like that. Super interesting. Oh, yes, yes. And I, I definitely look forward to it. I actually, next year in itself, I, you know, I keep bringing up the whole supportive factor. And I bring that up a lot because sometimes we don't recognize the comfort of our people is why we are where we are. Yeah, and that's right. You know, you know, imagine you're working somewhere for so long and it's like, you only know this group of people. So it's very hard and you don't want to put in for the promotion because you're so stuck up within your group. Right, right. Lunch with, this is who you, you know, hang out with. Yeah, and yeah. You even start considering those factors when a promotion becomes available to you. So it's just kind of reminding people like, look, it is really real about, the environment and those people that you have around you changes your behaviors. 
So it's just kind of, I want to focus on that, like probably next year. That would be like ultimately my next to really look into it. Well, I hope we get to talk again for your next book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited I- to see what you like keep going and doing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I was so happy to be on the show. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Take care. So nice to talk to you.